You're listening to the Hometown Crowd Podcast, part of the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. On this week's episode of Hometown Crowd, we mourn the passing of Kobe and Gianna Bryant and reflect on Kobe's impact to the NBA. The Panthers and Greg Olson part ways, and the NHL might have a name for their new Seattle franchise. We also break down the XFL and make our final picks for teams, and a special guest joins us to talk about WWE's Royal Rumble. Get on your feet, you're cheering with the Hometown Crowd. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of Hometown Crowd, your source for sports news across the country and in our backyard of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Dipple. Hey everybody, I'm Mac. And I'm Heather, who keeps letting the dogs out. It was me. I let the dogs (laughs) out. Hi, Smith. Be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us at hometowncrowdpod at gmail.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our podcast everywhere you find your podcast. And if you're an Apple subscriber, we would love a five-star review. We don't have any new ones this week, but we do have a special guest this week. Heather, yeah, would you like to introduce do. who we got? We have a super extra special guest this week. This week. Uh, we have our... Arguably number one fan in the house tonight, Mr. James Lewis. Woohoo! <laughs> James, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. Um, so, obviously, I'm engaged to Heather. Um, that's the only important thing. Um, Hobbs, clearly. Hobbs. Uh, and number one fan. And number one fan. Um, Part time LSU fan. Um, I converted him. Yep, she did. Um, Big hockey fan, big fight fan, and obviously a lifelong wrestling fan. So, obviously, I need to ask who's your hockey team? Uh, the Penguins. Oh God, I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's it's a rebuilding year. It's fine. I mean, we've been rebuilding for three years, but I think we're at two at this point. I'm a I'm a Red Wings fan, so Ugh, I feel your pain. <laughs> I like how you two are commiserating together. That's that's a plus. I mean. Uh, but how are you guys all doing tonight? Uh, I'm better. I had some gastrointestinal issues caused by bad food. Bad uh, tacos. Yes. Uh, I'm not going to go ahead and, and do a dump of this particular food truck, but I I will never, ever, ever eat there again. <laughs> and if you find yourself in Robeson County uh, and you have oh, my boy. phone number, you should text me and let me know which one you're eating at so I can let you know whether it was the one I was unfortunate enough to have uh, bought food from. But, but other than that, I can't complain. That's good. That you sound a lot better. <laughs> what about you guys, Heather, James? Uh, <laughs> Where do we start? There's just, yeah. there's, there's just a lot going on between planning the wedding and just a bunch of other stuff. And your girl had jury duty yesterday and, that was so three and a half hours. I will never get back of did, my life. Were you actually on a jury or was it just jury? No, selection? thank God I didn't get picked. But yeah, I sat in the like jury pool and as they were like shuffling through and trying to pick, you know, and there, oh. and I got the scare of my life because apparently there was another Heather there. So the second she shuffled the cards and was like, Heather, I was like, oh God. And then she said a different name, and I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> and every time they would shuffle the cards, you could hear, like, all of us, you know, in the little, you know, <laughs> the little jury pool area, like, we would all suck in our breaths. And then when they didn't say our name, you just hear this huge exhale. <laughs> People in their civic duties. Oh, my God. And then it was so bad because they were like, oh, yeah, we could, oh, you know, we got our 12. And we were all kind of in the back going, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, okay, so let's pick our alternate. And all of us were just like, fuck! Forgot about the alternate. Yeah. Well, um, and Tim, don't don't talk to me about that civic duty. Like, jury duty can just fuck itself. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, let's start with the biggest news of the week. Uh, some, some tragedy out of California. Uh, Sunday while traveling to a basketball game, NBA legend Kobe Bryant, his 13-year-old daughter Gianna, and seven others were in a helicopter that crashed into a hillside. Uh, All eight passengers and the pilot perished. Uh, The news happened just a day after LeBron James 
overtook Kobe for number three on the all-time scoring list. Um, what's your guys' take on this news? Um, I mean, I, 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 you know, I love basketball. Uh, so, I mean, I was never a Lakers fan. I was never going to be a Lakers fan. But, uh, you know, you had to respect Kobe's game. Like, the guy just had the single-minded pursuit of excellence. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it sucks that he had to go out this way. Uh, but I think what he, what's even worse is that his daughter, uh, you know, died, uh, you know, and, and not just her, you know, his daughter, but the, the other young lady and her mother uh, that were on the aircraft, just everybody, you know. But, I mean, I, I hate seeing anything where kids die. Um, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a parent and, uh, well, you know, three out of four of us right now on our digital panel here are our parents. And, you know, I don't think any of us could really fathom, uh, losing a kid, um, you know, especially in that way. Uh, what I'm kind of curious about though, is if the LAPD grounded all their, uh, birds, like, why are you getting up and flying? Um, yeah, he had special permission or something. Yeah, I mean well, that's that was that's his still like horrible. preferred method though of like getting around LA was to take helicopters. Well, okay. yeah, I mean if you could avoid that traffic. Yeah, yeah, I mean I get that, but like literally the the Los Angeles Police Department, which is the second largest police department in the United States, uh, said no, we're not flying at all until the fog breaks up. Yeah, uh, you know and. If the LAPD is not doing it, it's probably a safe bet that you shouldn't do it either. Uh, yeah. Just, you know, pack yourself into the Lexus SUV and drive. But, I mean, I, I, I think it's a tragedy. I think it's horrible. Uh, I think people who bitched about people being upset, um, you know, that he did die, uh, I'd like to find each and every one of them and just kick them in the dick or uh, whatever their particular arrangement of private parts are. Because, like, people identified with him and he you know they were fans it's not that big of a fucking deal to be upset about him dying um you know but i mean he's an icon yeah well yeah and and that's kind of my like i wasn't a big fan of him personally just kind of as a person but like i can't disregard his his stamp on the game like how many kids you know grow grew up being like i'm gonna be kobe i'm gonna be kobe i'm gonna be that guy you know, and that's kind of what I was telling James, like right after it happened, was that, you know, like it's very hard to ignore kind of the 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 the, 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 the well, yeah, the even just the cultural impact yeah. that Kobe had. And so, you know, I like, mean, even his, down to what do you yell anytime you throw a piece of paper in the trash? <laughs> yeah, Kobe. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, like he was he was the one that kids were like, you like. I could go and play in the NBA right out of high school, you know, if I, if I work hard enough, you know, and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, like it, it's definitely, it is absolutely a tragedy for everyone that was on that helicopter because, you know, you have parents who lost children, you have spouses who lost their spouse and their children. Like it, it's just, it's awful all the way around. I mean, and to another point, he was kind of that superstar that, I mean, he came around in you know the mid to late 90s and everybody was like, okay, well, who are we going to follow as Jordan is winding down? And Kobe's the one who kind of stepped up into that superstar spotlight. Which is uh, hard to do. Right. Like, how do you um, follow? He, he's, he's the one who basically bridged the gap and did more than just that between the, the Jordan era and the LeBron era, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and kind of just carried that mantle of being the guy mm-hmm. in basketball for, what, six, seven years? Yeah, uh, Maybe even a little longer, um, you know, because like he, you know, he, he gets drafted by Charlotte. Imagine how different that franchise would have ended up if he would have stayed put. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, he gets drafted by Charlotte and then they trade him for fucking Vladi Divac in like a pick or something. I'm sorry, uh, who? Vladi <laughs> Divac. Uh, who I was remember it? that name. Yeah. I mean, well, Vladi sits there and chain smokes in the Sacramento Kings headquarters, uh, while state officials are telling him you can no longer smoke in these buildings, but 
body doesn't give a fuck, okay? Neither um, does Joe Burrow, because that's what he did, too, so. <laughs> yeah. That cracked me up, and we didn't talk about that one. Well, but... listen, o- Odell, Odell gave him enough money to pay the fine, all right? Right. <laughs> but I mean, but... not not to make light of anything, but the Kobe like that that entire crash really shed a light on shitty journalism. Um, because oh my you, god, yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. that was the one really bad thing is that TMZ got a hold of that story and broke the news before the family even knew. Yeah, yeah, and Which then you had okay. You had the one uh, correspondent from NBC who said it was Kobe and all four of his kids that died on the aircraft. And he said at that one but, point, Rick Fox was on the uh, helicopter. Yeah. You know, uh, it was just it, it was very shitty journalism. Um, and that should go to show everybody you need trained people to do it and not just a bunch of assholes. And that's what TMZ is. It's a bunch of assholes. I don't think there's a real journalist in that whole fucking building. I mean, Um, even us here at this podcast, like we are, I mean, Mike accepting, not journalists. But the first thing that happened when TMZ broke the story is Heather messaged us and we went, okay, who else is reporting it? Yeah. Um, and then I literally went scrolling on Twitter for like a half hour. We all did. Yeah. But TMZ yeah. was reporting it. TMZ. And then finally, I think Waj from ESPN yeah. was the first to like really break the story that was trusted. Mm-hmm. Well, you, it's you got not to... that hard to check your sources. No, it isn't. It, it's not that hard to, you know, um, like actually make the decision that maybe we should hold off on this until we find out who is actually on the fucking aircraft rather than, you know, uh, Kobe died. Everybody's dead, you know, and, and, and putting it out there before, you know, Vanessa and the other three little girls who just lost their dad and their sister, you know, yeah. before they were even notified. I mean, it's just so. Uh, shitty. Uh, well, Kobe, who retired in 2016, was essentially a shoe in to be in the Hall of Fame or be voted into the Hall of Fame this year. Yeah. Uh, but in the wake of the tragedy, the NBA announced that they're just going to go ahead and make him the first member of the class of 2020 um, foregoing the election process. And I mean, I think that's the right thing to do. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any argument of him getting in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. that's like a, that's a gimme. Um, exactly. I mean, it would be the same thing of like Brady getting into the Hall of Fame. Like it's a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, five titles and all the individual accolades. And um, you kind of see what he's done since he's retired, though, and, and taking that step back and literally just all he does, all he was doing was making movies. I mean, the guy won an Emmy, what, a year ago or two years ago for a documentary he produced. Um, yeah, well, his big thing was he really wanted to spend his retirement spending time with his kids. Yeah. And being being the family guy, because there was some interview I was reading where he was saying, like, you know, if if all he got was, you know, 20 minutes at the end of the day, picking them up from school, he was like, those were the best 20 minutes of my day. And so like so, yeah, that's that's definitely kind of a sad thing because he was he was absolutely a, a very devoted dad. So, yeah, but it's a tragedy all around for everyone who who was lost. So, yeah, I mean, it- we, you also have to take a l- another look at it from, uh, you know, he had quite the weird career arc um, going from kind of this young ingenue to the, like basketball Satan after the, you know, the sexual, um, you know, the, the rape charge, yeah. um, you know, and then kind of clawing back from that. But, um, you know, and, and, and I get why some people wouldn't, kind of put him on a pedestal as far as being a hero because of that, you know, uh, especially when you look at people who have survived rape or, or se- other forms of sexual assault, you know, I mean, but on the flip side, you know, maybe he was one of those dudes that, <laughs> I mean, the, the entire situation in Colorado was totally fucked up. Um, you know, he's, he struck me as a guy who would use his individual celebrity to fuck around on the road <laughs> and, I, you, you could tell that ended really quick when it all cracked. And then Vanessa was like, nope, I wouldn't be surprised if she has full access to his text messages and shit. And, 
you know, had a low jack on his car, so she knew where he was. <laughs> but Facebook profiles Vanessa and Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, our hearts go out to everybody who lost somebody in that accident. It really is a tragedy. Um, I think I read Gianna was verbally committed already at the age of 13 to Yukon. Yeah, uh, they honored her. She um, had a promising career ahead of her. Um, and, you know, it really sucks to just lose nine people in any case. Yeah. Um, yeah in more that. local news. Oh, oh local. Uh, Greg Olson and the Panthers have agreed to part ways mutually. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a big one. Uh, he, he's been there nine years. Um, and he kind of, uh, put himself in like the top tier of tight ends, uh, after he left Chicago, because let's face it, Chicago really didn't do much with him. You know, he spent three, I think three, two or three seasons in Chicago before they traded him. Um, but I mean, it, this is kind of surprising. Uh, I know there's a new coaching staff coming in, but I wasn't really impressed with the other, uh, tight ends on the, uh, Panthers roster. And, you know, but from the Panthers, I, I can kind of see it, he, his salary, uh, you, you cut him, you know, or you mutually agree to part ways, um, you don't have to pay him. And then, you know, he's not just sitting on the bench, uh, because he's, he's dealt with injuries a lot the last, you know, two, three years. So. I mean, I get it. Maybe he can get a fresh start as a, you know, a re- the receiving tight end, uh, you know, in another. I imagine he's probably going to want to go to a team that's going to be in the running to win championships since, I mean, I think he's only been in one Super Bowl. So, yeah, um, there's a lot of people speculating that he might retire, uh, that he's got a uh, announcing career ahead of him. I don't know that he's quite there yet, but we'll see. I mean, he's called games already. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he's, you know, let's face it. He's a handsome dude. He knows the game. And from what I saw him on the, you know, in the booth calling a couple games, you know, he did a good job. So, I mean, it, he can't be any worse than Jason Witten. I mean, Witten was <laughs> awful. Um, you know, so, I mean, it's, if, I, you know, if he wants to retire, uh, you know, all, I'm all for it, man. He had a good career, um, played good football, and he he's done a lot, a lot uh, for like the the communities around Charlotte. So, I mean, yeah, man, go enjoy it. Uh, you know, but if he wants to play, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, the Patriots will take a look, kick the tires, and because I'd kill to have a Greg Olson after the anonymous shit heels we had at tight end all season this past right. season. So. Uh, in hockey news, a report has leaked that the front runner name for the new Seattle NHL team is the Seattle Kraken. Boo! I don't hate it. Boo! I, I like the name, uh, but like anything on the internet, and you know, Mike illustrating this, there are a lot of people who are upset with that name. But frankly, it was better than. Uh, some of the other names. Uh, let's see. We had as options the Seattle Sockeyes, which isn't even the state fish of Washington. Uh, Tim, what is the state fish of Washington? I don't know. I read it in an article yesterday. Okay. Uh, but it's not the sockeye. I was going to uh, say if you if you actually if you throw the actual state fish of Washington out at us, you have to go to timeout for five minutes. Uh, oh yeah um other options were the totems the evergreens and the renegades oh the the totem the totem and the evergreens i could actually see because that's what i think of when i think of the pacific northwest um i don't think of a kraken uh when i think kraken it's either a spiced rum that i really enjoy drinking or you know i think the caribbean yeah you know i mean i don't I don't think of the Seattle area as having a Kraken. Well, um, I guess I'll, you know, excuse myself to time out because the state fish of Washington is the rainbow trout. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I will, Uh, I'll see myself out the door. I mean, I saw a really, really good point as to why the evergreens was a bad idea because one of the worst 
mascots in sports is uh is it Stanford that's got the tree? Oh yeah. god, yes. Fucking hate that. I tree. mean, do we need two? One is bad enough. Well, I mean, con- considering what Stanford's mascot was before they became the Cardinal, um, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I mean, well, it, I just don't understand why, if they're the Cardinal, why they have a tree. Because it's referring to the color and not the bird. But the tree is not red. A car like that. Heather, it's a bunch of hippies in in California. Don't try and get in their head and and and, and it, you know try and decipher their thought process. I don't know. I think it makes more sense than anything coming out of the state of Alabama. But uh, he's right. That's big yeah. facts. I mean, rolled uh, the 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 crimson it, tide an and elephants, and they then you got the Auburn there. Tigers and War Eagle. Yeah, I, I I don't pretend to know what's going on down there either. Um, and I'm not going into the head of a Alabamian either. Like that just seems like Californians and you know people from Alabama. I don't. You know what? Enjoy your life. I don't want in your headspace. <laughs> you do realize that a number one fan is from Anaheim, right? Of course he is. Of course he is. <laughs> to be fair, I can't control where I was born. So <laughs> yeah, I left not... very soon after turning. Well, I wasn't even 18 yet. So yeah, I see, left very soon after high school. It, it's not James' fault. Okay. It's not his fault. So oh, okay. He, he gets a pass. Oh, okay. okay. But what we can do is is talk to James' mom and dad and be like, listen, there were much better places for you to be at when you, when you made James and when you, when you brought him into the world. Well, my mom knows that. That's why she lives about an hour north from us now. So <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you guys can't even decide where your baseball team is actually from. So, <laughs> Are they not from Disneyland? I thought Disney owned everything there. <laughs> actually, Artie Moreno owns the Angels, and he is a telecom powerhouse from Mexico. Isn't it the Los well, Angeles Angels of Anaheim? That? Why? Where did that come from? Where did what come from? Just I'm I, trying to figure out which little dingleberry he pulled that little piece of information out of his ass. Uh, well, one, it's not a dingleberry; it's like a full-fledged turd. All right, I know oh, this stuff. Well, still. All right, I know many of the owners for many of our professional sports teams because oh, okay. I'm a fucking. One nerd. of us has to be educated on the stuff we're it's talking clearly, about. Clearly, yes, you're right. Fair <laughs> yeah. enough. But let's turn to one of the two big topics for tonight. We promised a little bit of an XFL breakdown preview. Um, Week one kicks off Saturday, February 8th with the Seattle Dragons taking on the DC Defenders at 2 p.m. We've talked a little bit about the rules and the teams, but let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about who we like, who should dominate, and who's going to be this league's Browns. Oh, this league's Browns. So I mean, I feel like we should put that on a shirt. Yeah. Um, so essentially, any, any team that's going to cause so much heartache consistently um, shows its ass. Who's going to be the first team to move to a new city? Uh, oh, I mean, I don't know if you saw, but the St. Louis organization has already sold 20,000 tickets. Well, so, there's not much going on in St. Louis right now. Yeah, so. but I mean that that's a that's a that's a big positive first step. Um, you you, you got to admit that, like, just having any kind of uh, big ticket sales like that in your first year, uh, you know. I just hate good. their team name though, the Battle Hawks. Uh, okay, and after Wait, we, there's uh, nothing wrong with that. And after as we, a ULM Warhawk, sir, <laughs> there is nothing wrong with it. Listen, I, I, I like the Battle Hawks better than the fucking Defenders. DC can just well, fuck itself. <laughs> well, you know what? Would you two like to know who is playing on the DC Defenders? Uh, I have Cardell three names Jones. for you. Yeah, Cardell, Cardell Jones, Jones is playing for them. Uh, Doran Grant is playing for them. And so is Tracy Sprinkle. <laughs> <laughs> is that a name or something I get at Baskin Robbins? Honestly, honestly, James is probably both. <laughs> Says here he was a defensive lineman. So where at Ohio State? Yep. Oh, was he? Yeah, he I must. Was. All was three of name. those players are Ohio State players, sir. I mean, 
you know, they also have Scooby Wright. That's another pretty big name from the college ranks. Uh, he not really big enough to have played in the NFL. I mean, when you, it's just the defenders that the name and their their logo just look like an air defense artillery patch, and I can't get behind that. I mean, the Battle Hawks look pretty military uh, patch logo too. Oh yeah, but it looks more like an Air Force one, so I can respect that a little more. Oh. Um, but no, I, I've I've decided I'm going to throw in with the Houston Roughnecks. That's going to be oh. My... <laughs> I know you were leading really? Seattle last time. Yeah, um, I did. But I think ask... I thought you were going off solely like just uniform alone. Yeah, that. and and that's mostly what it is. Um, but I mean, there's a couple guys that I recognize, like Sammy Coates uh, is on the Houston roster. Um, I, I remember faintly cam phillips um you know it it's just i don't know i i, I dig the logo I, I i recognize some of the some of the players and i mean if if i'm i typically have a no texas teams rule but the team i picked for major league rugby here in the states is in austin texas and you know so i i'm okay with with houston you got connor cook as your quarterback hey man you know woo Connor and there's there's a Kent State alum and Nick Holly on the team so I got it got to go with it it's so weird to pick a team that like I have no ties to uh, uh, it, it 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 almost makes it really difficult to try to figure that out I know Heather and James have agreed on who their team is we have yes you are correct although uh, they only have one LSU player I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hashtag XFLSU player. There. Um, is that Colin is that the Jr. new hashtag? Yes, uh, hashtag XFLSU. Yes, it is. Uh, okay. They have Colin Jeter there. Um, okay. So, but uh, yeah, but yeah, we we went with Seattle. Just who have probably the best uniforms in the league. Wow, Keenan Reynolds is listed as a wide receiver on the Seattle roster. Mm-hmm. He was longtime Navy quarterback. Um. I'm really so here's where I'm at. I have narrowed it down to three that I can't decide between. I want to like the DC defenders for their roster. Okay. That but I hate welcome. the uniforms, I hate the logo, and I hate <laughs> the name. <laughs> I mean, I, I kinda wanna cheer for Cardell Jones. Um Dallas makes my short list um, because Bob Stoops is coaching it, but it's a team in Dallas, and I I have a hard rule against anything out of that city. Um, and then there's Tampa Bay, uh, who's basically the Oregon Ducks of the league. Uh, their colors are just as blinding. Um, their uh, their quarterback is Aaron Murray. They also have Jalen Collins from uh, XFLSU. So oh, okay, yep, uh, he was one of our cornerbacks. He got drafted in 2015 by Atlanta. Do you realize who he's going to have the chance to learn under? Who's that? Um, from the uh, Tampa Bay DC legend Jerry Glanville. No fucking way! Are you kidding? No, he is I am the not, sir. Coordinator. Oh, dude, uh, Tim, I think you need to go. You know where you got to go now. Tampa Bay? Yeah, man. It, it, you're, if you get to see him on the sidelines in that fucking 10-gallon hat again, oh, that, that's a treasure. <laughs> <laughs> you're all welcome for this, those little nuggets of information that I, that I pulled. You, you, you uh, completely made my night. You're uh, so welcome. Heather. I'll tell you I right mean... now, Tampa's wideouts are fucking huge. Stacey Coley, 6'195". Shontavious Jones, 6'4", 209". Jalen Tolliver, 6'3", 209. Reese Horn, 6'3", 213. Tanner McAvoy, 6'6", 230. That's a big dude. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to pull the trigger on the Tampa Bay Vipers. Um, I wasn't sure when I, when I came in. They were on my short list. But I think I'm going to go with them. Um, the, the, the snake V is not hideous as a logo. Um, there's definitely worse in the XFL. So 
I'm going to throw my cards in on the uh, the Tampa Bay Vipers and hope that uh, Aaron Murray can lead us to glory. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. You know, I mean, like he couldn't do in Georgia. Yeah, I mean, let's and now Heather and I could probably agree on this. Since you picked Tampa, that's going to be the Browns of the XFL. Absolutely. Yep, probably, because I could never pick teams that win championships. <laughs> the one time I came close... The league folded after week eight. <laughs> <laughs> and that, of course, is I threw in on the uh, the Orlando Apollos. Yes. Yeah. And then they they took it from us, Tim. They took mm-hmm. it from us. Yeah, they did. You know, they had for... everything. They had a great uniform, an awesome logo, an awesome coach, some awesome players. And they clearly no listened money. to the episode and was like, nope, no, no, we got to pull the plug. Yeah. No money. Yeah. We can't have um, that endorsement. Uh, so Tampa will be moving at some point, uh, probably to Baltimore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so who who do you guys like? Have you had a chance to like make some picks? Well, I mean, I haven't even taken a a, a deep uh, look at the schedule. But I mean, it. I, I imagine it's going to be a lot like the AAF was the first two weeks. A lot of like really gross football, especially um, learning all those rules. Yeah, and just learning the playbooks and and you know trying to uh, just get on the same page as everybody. Um, but I mean, it should pick up week three, hopefully. Uh, and it seems that you know Vince has decided he was gonna put his money where his mouth was and make sure this thing was going to be funded. Uh, so Charlie Ebersol, thank you for fucking up so bad that Vince McMahon learned a lesson. Uh, <laughs> well, Vince isn't a dumb guy. Like I know a lot of people like to peg him as the wrestling guy, but I really think that he learned his lesson um, from the first iteration of the XFL. And I do have a, a, a much higher hope for this than its previous uh, incarnation. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, is he had a broadcast deal uh, during XFL 1.0. And I don't know how you fucked that up. Like, you're literally on NBC. Um, you know, it, like, you, the ratings should not have been that bad, but it didn't help when you say, we're starting this, this football league. Uh, you know, he put a lot of the wrestling um, kind of visual accompaniment to the game, which rubbed some of the, you know, of your more of our traditional football fans the wrong way. Um, but, I mean, they seem to have, I, I think you're right, James, like there, there's actual football people calling the games this time instead of uh, uh, Jim Ross. And uh, who was the other guy? Do you remember, James? Um, I think it was Jerry Lawler. But actually, fun fact about Jim Ross is he actually used to call games for the Atlanta Falcons, and football has always has been his first love. Um, so that was actually in a way a good pick, but unfortunately people associated Jim with the WWE, not with football. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, thank you for schooling me up, but yeah, like having Jerry Lawler there and there was one other guy. Um, I, I remember watching the, uh, the 30 for 30 about the XFL. Um, and they had like actual football people who went to school for broadcasting to call these games and just would not play the, you know, like the, the cheerleader game or the dance, you know, like. They would. They didn't want to have anything to do with talking about them, and that was like part of the script that they were they were forced to to kind of read off of, um, and they just kind of put them in the back, you know, in, into the production trailers rather than let them call games. So, I mean, he 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 does seem to have learned a, a you know, maybe we should approach this a little differently. And um, I, I really thought bringing in Oliver Luck to run things was a, a really smart idea. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited about it. Anything that gives us more football, um, I'm very interested to see how these rules play out and whether or not we're actually going to like them. I think the one that uh, interests me the most, though, is the overtime shootout style rules. I um, see, and we talked about that last week. I don't like that. I like the college football uh, overtime. I think that's the best one. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think it's interesting. I'm curious to see how it plays out and whether or not fans like it once it once it's actually put into practice. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have some fun with it. I have heard that there will be fantasy football for it. I don't know how that's going to work and I can't seem to find anything about it. Otherwise, <laughs> I'd be I'd be tempted to start a league in our group. 
Well, uh, look, dude, I don't know half these players. Like, I saw a guy <laughs> that played at Immaculate Conception. <laughs> um, let, let's let's look at some of these other ones. These really odd schools: Texas A and M Commerce, um, Shepherd Towson, um, Missouri Western. Yeah, uh, saw a couple guys from the football powerhouse Fordham. Uh, the Roughnecks have a guy who played at Catawba College, Sam Mobley, a 5'10 wide receiver. West Texas A&M, Mary Harden wait, Baylor. Wait, there's a Texas A&M and a West Texas A&M? Yes, this one Sergio Castillo, kicker. <laughs> of course he is. Okay. You know who the coach for Houston is, right? No, I have no idea. Um, he is coming out of retirement, June Jones. <laughs> Well, I don't know if it was retirement, but he got shit canned from the CFL. Um, Mars Hill, a, a UNCP opponent, Division Two, Tusculum. I've got the best one: uh, St. Louis Battlehawks kicker Taylor Russellino went to Millsaps. <laughs> oh, here we go! Incarnate Word. God. Hey, there's a ULM quarterback, a uh, cornerback. All right. It, it, what about? Have you guys ever heard of Globe Tech? <laughs> I just saw that one. Joe Powell. Yes, our our boy Joe Powell. Uh, I might just buy a jersey of his just because. You realize you might be like yours might be so like super limited edition because it will be the only one sold. <laughs> oh, here we go. Taylor Cornelius. Or hold on, Andrew Franks, kicker, Tampa Bay Vipers, Rensselaer Polytechnic. <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's just like three blocks though. down that's... the road from me so this is how they're funding the league their uh their game jerseys are 225 so i will not be buying a jersey uh, they've got replicas for 80 wait so... i'm sorry wait, wait, wait. you said 225 $2.25 no. <laughs> tampa bay vipers authentic game jersey 225 dollars Good God. Yeah, I'm not gonna be doing that. I don't know. I might buy a hat. <laughs> yeah, I could I could stomach a hat, you know, but I can't two two twenty five for a jersey. I don't even pay that for Patriots jerseys. But I, I'm excited for it. We'll see what happens. Uh I mean the worst case is it ends up like the original XFL. Or, you know, best case it becomes the new butt of the joke on this podcast since we don't necessarily, since it's not football anymore. So we can't shit on the Browns and you've moved away from Luke Falk. So we need a new one. We do. We do. All right. I, I, I'm very interested though, about this football advisory network that they're doing, uh, where, where they're trying to get feedback from the fans as the season progresses. I mean, that's probably a smart idea. I said to your ear, they're introducing a lot of, newer rules that you know haven't been used before so i mean i get that all right well our other big topic for the night is why we have tonight's special guest uh while mac and i don't watch wrestling and i don't think i have since like steve austin versus the rock um this isn't the first time it's been brought up on the show uh <laughs> If you guys recall, back in October, number one fan James here sent Heather into the show armed with a list of facts about Sergeant Slaughter after Mac dissed the former wrestler. Uh, okay, that was not in October. Um, that was, oh God, that was like November, December time frame. I think it was earlier than that. I, th I think it was October, yeah, because uh, I wasn't maybe. home yet. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, James, oh, listen, this... and you guys are so lucky that he's not doing this in his Sergeant Slaughter like costume that he considered. I, I, th I, I thought we challenged him to do this. I have the that. hat, the glasses, and the belt. He's just missing the mustache. I'm missing the mustache. Yeah. Well, what about you... the unit? What about the unitard? Yeah, I've you got like three of those. It God. was October because it was in the lead up to Fayetteville Comic Con because he was dropping the puck at the Marksman game that weekend. Yep. So it was in October. But James, this weekend was a big event for wrestling. So tell our listeners a little bit about what happened. 
Yeah, so uh, this weekend was uh, the Royal Rumble, um, and for those that aren't familiar with it, uh, the Royal Rumble starts um, to what wrestling fans call the road to WrestleMania. Um, When you win the Royal Rumble, uh, which is a 30-man battle royale, um, it's the brainchild of Pat Patterson, uh, started. The first one was back in 1988, and uh, when you win the Royal Rumble today, you get a title championship match at WrestleMania, which is the um, Super Bowl of wrestling. The big event of the year. It, it is a spectacle like no other, um, and and that that's what was going down this weekend. They they have a women's Royal Rumble and a men's Royal Rumble. Um, and this is only the second women's one, right? This is the third. This is third. the third. Yeah, yeah. And I I'm personally a huge fan of that. Um, I feel um, and I'll probably get some heat for this, but I don't care. Uh, I feel that the women's division has not been used to the level it should be, especially this last year. But I did feel like this rumble, the women's rumble, was um, done very, very well, and it was good to see those uh, those women getting the dues that they deserve because they are amazing athletes. Yeah, I, I, I've noticed. Like, I, I I stopped watching after uh, Vince bought WCW. I kind of just kind of like my you know my favorites like Stone Cold and uh, The Rock were kind of phasing out, and they were they were going through the whole invasion thing, and I was just like, this is cheesy mm-hmm. as fuck. I don't want to deal with it anymore. Um, but I, I have noticed that the the women's division has gotten a lot better uh, than it was when I wa- you know when I was watching it religiously. And yeah, it has I'm, taken a it has taken a turn um, from the days of the like oh god I cringe when I say it like the bra and panty matches and the yeah. Jerry Lawler screaming puppies to where today you have Charlotte Flair you know doing a moonsault off the top turnbuckle to the outside of the ring, um, just uh, Becky Lynch who's an amazing athlete. Uh, Candice LeRae, um, and now you've got Bianca Belair coming up from NXT, who uh, set the record for women of eight eliminations, which is the most eliminations in a Royal Rumble that women have, and they're just amazing athletes, and definitely, um, if you haven't watched wrestling in a while, I recommend watching some of their matches, because they will blow your mind. Well, Oh yeah, and like, during one of that, during the women's match, um, Phoenix, what's her first Beth name? Phoenix. Beth Phoenix, who I learned is married to the Edge, um, just it, whatever. <laughs> I'm learning, okay? I'm getting there. She's getting there. Anyways, she cracked her dome open, and she was bleeding everywhere during that match. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... Heather, you're one of those people who watches hockey for the fights, aren't you? Hell yeah, I do. <laughs> what the am I supposed to watch it for the game? Get out of here. It's fun to watch the game, too, but... Fine. Agreed. I mean, I'm hoping somebody catches a blade to the throat. That's what I'm hoping for. Jesus okay. Christ, Heather, that escalated quickly. <laughs> so, so what happened in Royal Rumble this week? So, so this year, um, unfor- so sorry, the Women's Rumble um, started off with um, one of our big favorites, uh, the goddess um, Alexa Bliss, started it off with Bianca Belair, and they went almost 40 minutes a piece um, in there the whole time. Um, and but, uh, but okay, but let me tell you about Alexa Bliss and Alexa's Bliss. Okay, this girl is teeny tiny, teeny weeny little thing. Okay, because we saw her when Raw came to, I'm sorry, when SmackDown came to Fayetteville. Like, sh- and she is the type of girl who you give her two shots of fireball and a bar, and it's over. It's done. <laughs> you're you're gonna have to carry her out. Because she's fighting everybody, and she's just she's scrappy, but she's amazing. She's not wrong. She's definitely uh, her boyfriend has definitely um, got punched in the nose because of her mouth probably before. But uh, yeah, so those two went at it for a while, and uh, definitely uh, it ended up coming down to Shayna Baszler and um, Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair is actually the uh, real life daughter of Ric Flair, and she is an amazing athlete. Um, Charlotte ended up uh, overcoming and uh, got uh, Shayna Baszler out of the ring, which was unfortunate. Shayna Baszler comes from NXT. I'm a huge NXT fan, um, more so than any of the other brands. And it would have been real nice to see Shayna in um, in WrestleMania. But I'm not upset because the match was awesome. Um, and it was just really good to see some NXT stars, which is used to be known as kind of like the feeder group for SmackDown and Raw. Um, where it's really evolved into something that people really want to be a part of now. And they actually have stars from Raw and SmackDown that have come down to NXT, 
Uh, Charlotte Flair ended up winning, and she has yet to declare who she's going to face at WrestleMania. Um, as of last night on NXT, she is not. Um, there is some rumor on the internet with the fanboys that are saying that she's going to face Rhea Ripley, who's the NXT Women's Champion, who's another amazing athlete, um, which I'm all for because I think those two would have a barn burner at WrestleMania, um, but she is yet to to challenge for that. Going to the men's rumble, uh, the big talk was Brock Lesnar, um, who, if you're not familiar with Brock Lesnar, he was a um, amazing collegiate wrestler, uh, went to the WWE out of college, um, and then decided he wanted to be a football player. He played for the Vikings for barely a season, uh, then went to the UFC. He was their heavyweight champion, and then went back to the WWE because the schedule is easier. And he makes way more money doing that, and doesn't have to really get punched in the face. Uh, but he or, still is a what? Yeah, you mean or, you you mean that it's not or really kicked, punching? Yeah, or kicked in the guts, man. He could not take a kick to save he his could, life. He could not. I mean, he did suffer from what was it? Dur uh, diverticulitis. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, which did kind of curb him a little bit. Um, so it, it is something to think. Like, what if he didn't have that? What could he have done? Uh, but he decided to go back to the WWE, and I mean, I'm glad. Um, cause he is just an, uh, an utter specimen. Um, he went in at number one and the significance of the number one spot is there's only ever been three men that have, uh, won from the number one spot. Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, and as controversial as it is, Chris Benoit. Um, if you don't know who that is, Google it. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, we, we don't, yeah. Really, we don't really need to dive into the, yeah, uh, we don't need to go into that. Benoit uh, shit show. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, but so only three men have, so there's a lot of talk that, you know, is Brock going to win this from number one and going through it, it really looked like he was going to, they got to the 11th or 12th entry mm -hmm. before, um, he anyone even any kind of competition. Yeah. Anyone even slowed him down. Keith Lee from NXT came in, finally slowed him down who they're giving a big push to right now. He's another guy. He's six to almost 300 pounds and he flies like a 185 pounder. He's amazing to watch. Um, him and Braun Strowman, who's a North Carolina native, Slowed Brock down. They got eliminated. Um, and then uh, by that time, a couple more guys came in and Drew McIntyre was able to eliminate Brock, um, which is really surprising. I really thought uh, that Brock was going to win it. And then out of nowhere, um, which it had been talked about on the Internet as a possibility, but even even the man himself was like, no, no, I'm not going to be there. Um, Edge, Adam Copeland um, is his real name. He showed back up after 10 years um, from being away from the business. Um, after having what was it triple triple neck fusion. triple neck fusion surgery, um, got back in shape and came back and it was amazing to see him. And then it ended up coming down to Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre, and Drew McIntyre put the big dog out. Um, fantastic match. Uh, was really really impressive uh, to see Drew McIntyre win. And he used to be kind of like he was a heel or like a bad guy, and they've kind of made him a face or like a baby face, so a good guy now. Um, and he, he was really overcome with emotion after winning it because it is really one of those things. Like, so if you're not familiar with wrestling, like everyone knows that it's scripted. If you don't, I'm, I'm sorry. I just broke it to you. Um, <laughs> this is God, completely new information alert. to Damn. me. I know, I know, but that's not why I watch it. Um, but it is when you get a title, like getting a title is like winning an Oscar. Um, and when you win the Royal rumble, that's the company showing you that they, they trust you to take them into their biggest show of the year. And WrestleMania really is. And uh, he was really overcome with emotion. It was really, it was really good to see. Um, I was really impressed by it. And all, all in all, it was, it was a really good show. I'm really glad that I it was the first one I've got to watch um, live in several, several years. Um, and I, I was really glad to get to see it. So then, Drew McIntyre gets to challenge for the the title yes. too. Yeah, he declared on Monday Night Raw that he's going to face Brock Lesnar, um, which is not surprising because after he eliminated Brock Lesnar, they had this big stare down. Um, and I kind of thought like, okay. Like they're gonna go at it, um, so he'll face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. And and Lesnar's exclusive to which one, Raw or SmackDown? He's on he's on Raw right now. Okay, yeah, I mean that's uh, it's hard for me to keep up because I still kind of like I'll read about it because I'm interested. Um, I, I I don't know, maybe it's just from a, a nostalgia thing, you know? <laughs> because like you're you're talking about Edge, and I'm just like fuck, man. Like I he was one of my favorites. Um, oh yeah, and, yeah. And oh he, dude, he still like looks. He still looks like Edge. He's just got like a little more gray in his beard, but like, like, and he still wrestled like Edge. Yeah, um, well, I mean, he had the same neck issues that Shawn Michaels had, didn't he? Like with the fusion and all that. Yeah, very similar. Yeah, I, I mean, I just, I, 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 I'm in complete like admiration of the athleticism 
of ev- all the athletes that do this, uh, especially when you consider that they are on the road for what 250 plus nights a year. Yeah, easily. Um, you know, and it's just you know. So I when I when I when I hear these older names, you know, like it, even Lesnar a bit. Like I, I was never a big Lesnar fan. I just thought he was a fucking cheese dick. I'm sorry. <laughs> like I just no, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, you know, I agree with you. I've never been a big <laughs> Lesnar fan either. So. You know, um, but no, I was like, while you were talking, I'm sitting over here looking at just like the different bands and the titles. Um, I'm glad to see that they actually have a cruiserweight champ again, because those were always my favorites. Um, you know, like I was a before WCW went off the fucking rails. Like, I love that Jericho, like had the cruiserweight title and like the TV title for a little bit. And then Malenko and his like weird ECW cronies, like kind of mm-hmm. pass it off between them and. You know, because I like I was like full disclosure, like I loved the the big two, but like ECW was my shit. Like I loved it. It was just oh, you know, yeah. every yeah. every time you watched it, you were gonna see a train wreck. Mm-hmm. Um, and half those guys, uh, especially guys like fucking Sandman and uh, oh god, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. Like they had no business being in a wrestling ring. No, they, were... they did not. <laughs> no. it, they it was. Just... <laughs> It was like watching your drunk uncles get mad after the end of a football game and fight each other, but you couldn't look away. Yeah. Uh, that was ECW in a nutshell. But yeah. I, lo- I loved ECW. I thought it was awesome. Oh, so. dude, yeah. And, and when they did the uh, – after Vince bought WCW, then he snatched what was left of ECW yep. and made that, like, the third brand. And, like, he had, like, Sandman and Tommy Dreamer there for, what, like, a month and then just put in, like, Bobby Lashley and yeah, you know, it, Punk and... Uh, put the big show down there. I mean, ECW um, TakeOver 2 where they had John Cena against uh, Rob Van Dam for the title. Probably the best match, but that was, like, the like the death nail for ECW. Yeah. When they put rules into it, it just took away that niche, and it, it, wasn't, it wasn't what it was before. And it was unfortunate because a lot of those guys were so talented. Um, and if oh, they would have let them do their thing, it would have been amazing. Candido, like that was like one of my, Chris Candido was one of mm-hmm. my favorites. And when he moved to WCW and started that whole Canadian thing. Yeah. Oh, I, I loved it. When he, <laughs> like the heavyweight belt became like the, what, like the 150 kilogram belt or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love that shit because like my buddies would get so mad. Like this is fucking America. How you put uh, the maple leaf on, on these belts? And I'm just like, oh, man, this is great. What are you talking about? This is the theater I've needed in my life, you know? <laughs> yeah, and that, that's actually a good way to describe it. It's a, a big podcast me and uh, Heather listen to. Uh, a guy named Ben Kissel always describes wrestling as it's theater geeks that like to work out. Um, and, and that really is what it is. And if you can kind of look at it from that perspective, I think it, it lets you see it in a different light. Like, oh, okay, well, like these guys aren't like just these like – steroided muscle heads i mean they are but that's not just all they are and there are so many layers to it um, which is why i still love it to this day yeah i mean i i'm not kidding james i was trying just to be an asshole uh so i i sat down and watched aew for two weeks i'm sorry <laughs> and uh well i mean it's jericho Jericho's my boy um He's looking a little puffy oh god he is he you can tell the uh the touring with fozzy's kind of gotten to him oh yeah yeah uh, <laughs> but I was sitting there trying to watch it. I'm just like, I, I don't know if I can do this, man. You know, like it wasn't, it didn't have the same hold on me. It had on me when I was a kid. I tried with AEW when it first came out. Um, cause I, I was, I was in Afghanistan. I didn't have anything going on. So I tried it and I just could not, it just, it, it didn't have the same flair, um, that like the WWE did. No, I mean, I, I think I, I, I give them a credit because they, they have a lot of younger guys, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I think that's a smart way to build them up. But I also think you have to have a lot of people that are working behind the scenes, uh, you know, as far as like writing staff and and just creative control kind of people. They have uh, some. Yeah, I that's mean, the thing, though. They have some. And then when yeah. you stack it up against what Vince and his guys are doing, um, and if I'm, you know, uh, incorrect here, please correct me. But like Triple H has, has taken over a lot of the, uh, the operational aspect of it, yeah. right? Yeah, he runs NXT um, and does a little bit of creative. But at the end of the day, though, Vince, there's a big joke in the community that Vince, the day he dies, he will be trying to direct a Raw or SmackDown. Um, <laughs> like, he will not go away until he dies. Um, 
Whereas with AEW, they have a lot of great writers over there. Um, they have some really good talent. I mean, the Rhodes family in general, Cody Rhodes, um, and his brother Dustin, like, and now they have uh, Diamond Dallas Page over there. Like, they have a lot of talent. And they have some good storylines that they need to build. But I, I think they're it's they're very young, and they need to make people care about the characters. And that's why I couldn't get into it because I was already invested in one thing. And if I'd have given it a little more time, maybe. But um, they they just don't have that depth yet. That because they don't have the the history that the WWE is. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, shit. Uh... One of my favorite storylines when I, you know, when I was really invested in like DX going to, you know, Atlanta. Oh, yes. Yeah, dude, I love that. (laughs) You know, but I I think you're absolutely right. But I mean, on the flip side of that is um, wrestling at its best was when you had two really invested competitors going up against each other. And that kind of brought everybody like made everybody perform, Mm -hmm. you know, the best they could. And and maybe you know, we'll see that, um, again. It does kind of exist in NXT. Um, what I love about NXT is that it's not the big spectacle that Raw and SmackDown are. Um, a really good quote, Finn Balor recently said that NXT is the Broadway of wrestling, you know, like the, like Raw and SmackDown, they're like the Michael Bay movies. Um, but NXT (laughs) is Broadway. It's a, it's a full sale university in Florida and they like, you know, but people are still lined up around the block to see it. So it's definitely a, a much more like scaled down thing, but it's, it's individual talent that makes it good. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, 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 I need to start watching it again. Like, honestly, I've, if, if it can keep me from binging shit on Netflix, I'm, I'm really appreciative of that. Cause I lose days of my life to shows on Netflix. So, um, it, and it would be nice to, to kind of have something to do on Monday nights again, that I was really looking forward to, uh, because I was the dude that I, w- I would watch one and record the other. Mm-hmm. And then, once the one I watched live ended, I immediately pushed play and watched the one I recorded. You know, that way I was prepped for school the next day when all my buddies and I would fucking talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was the reverse. I was the uh, straight WWE fanboy. I hated WCW. Um, couldn't stand them. I-, I don't know what it was. I just always felt like it wasn't the same. So I would go to school like, oh, you watch WCW? Oh, that's lame. <laughs> no dude i was i was an nwo guy like mm-hmm. that's what it was um like kevin nash was always like you know i enjoyed watching everybody but kevin nash was my dude just this big motherfucker yep. you know like bad attitude <clears throat> and i remember like i knew everything was scripted but i didn't really know that these guys were actually friends like yeah when they're off work yep. so i remember getting like a like an aol message you know, in the late nineties from my buddy, Robbie, he's like, bro, they're all friends. And he, so he's like, he sent me a picture that took like 30 minutes to download. Uh, you know, <laughs> Those days. Yep. yeah. Um, it with my mother screaming at me the whole time, get off the, you know, I need the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, of them, you know, Shawn Michaels and, uh, Nash and, uh, Scott Hall. The click. Walt, yep. Yeah. The click just in there in the ring. And I'm like, Holy fuck, these guys are actually really tight. So it kind of, it made me even like him even more, you know? <laughs> and then when you had that episode of Nitro where Paul and Nash came down and started fucking with Tony Schiavone, I was like, yeah, I really have to get in on this now. Like, this has to be my, you know, um, because wherever Kevin Nash went, I went. And yep. then I was then I was really disappointed with him when he got, uh, what you know, his part in, like, dragging WCW down and then how he fucking did Impact uh Ugh, <laughs> impact is i pretend that didn't exist yeah um I, I when he took a bigger uh like role in that like i watched it for a little bit and then when he made himself the cruiserweight champ or, or whatever the x division i was yes. just like i was like this is fucking no i'm done i'm officially wiping my hands you know washing my hands of this <laughs> The problem with things like Impact and TNA and all those was that it, they try to compete with the WWE and you can't, which is what I like AEW is doing. They're not like right now trying to compete with them. They're just doing their own thing, um, which is good because it gives more options for, for the for the talent to have a place to go, one. And two, um, it, it gives people other options to watch as well. Like oh, if you're not really into the WWE, then you can go you know check out AEW. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I know, two, like, I want to say two or three years ago, I hit a Ring of Honor match here, like, around Fayetteville. Like, it might have been, like, in some other, like, one of the National Guard armories around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, Ring of Honor was really cool. Um, that was when, like, AJ Styles, it was before AJ Styles, like, went to W, you know, like, he was still, like, Impact ended, and he didn't really have another place to go, so he did the indie scene for, you know, six, seven, eight months or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool to watch. Um, but yeah, man, I, I don't know. With, with you with you indoctrinating Heather, I might have to start watching again. So, <laughs> it, so um, what's, what's next for wrestling? Is it WrestleMania that's next? No, so um, it, it's kind of weird. Um, there's nothing... In February, they'll have... Um, I can't... They'll have like a show that'll be in Saudi Arabia. Um Oh, that's and fucking it, gross. Yeah, it's gross. But what's funny about it is literally it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. They won't have like storyline matches because what happens is these Saudi princes are like, oh, and this actually happened um, not too long ago. Um, a Saudi prince is like, oh, I would like to see the macho man. And um, he lists like two or three other wrestlers that had passed away. And they were like, oh, yeah, they're they're no longer alive. And he's like, oh. Oh, well, you can't just put someone in their costume and bring them over here. So those like, <laughs> yeah, that, that's an actual, shit. that actually happened. That uh, is crazy, man. Yeah. And so that they'll have that. Um, and it, it will in no way involve, or it will in no way affect anything for WrestleMania. Uh, the rumor is that, and I, I hate that they're going to do it there, that they're going to have the undertaker versus sting. Um, oh, which, yeah. That would be so badass to watch just from like the, like the yes. '90s kids, you know. Yep. Oh, like even I'm sitting here going, really? But yeah. So Sting a couple weeks ago, or maybe like two months ago, said, you know, hey, if you know, like, like I had surgery again. He had a neck issue too. Um, and he said I had surgery. I'm feeling good. You know, if, if you know, if I could face the Undertaker at WrestleMania, I may think about coming back. Um, and that little a bug in someone and. Like I would love to see that match. That's like the that is probably the dream match that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Um, that I mean, both those dudes are in their fifties, but still, I mean, just just take all my money. Um, <laughs> and like, it, it needs to happen at WrestleMania, not yeah. at some Saudi pay per view where the last one was the first one they had. Um, Natalia, who is Jim the Anvil Nineheart's daughter. Uh, versus uh, Lacey Evans, who's super annoying, but she's very talented. Um, they were the first women to wrestle in Saudi Arabia, but they had to be in like full like latex suits that like there was no way even an ankle could be seen. Um, and it, it was just it was awful. And yeah. a lot of uh, the talent has said, "Hey, look, we're not going back there." Um, they had issues getting out of the country. They didn't want to let people leave. Um, it's a lot of talent has said like, no, we're not going over there, but you know, money talks and yeah, they, they do make a large, large chunk of their yearly budget, um, in those couple Saudi shows. And then I think they do one in Qatar, um, that money talks. Yeah. I saw, I saw what it was two years ago. They did one like the UAE, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then I, after that, we'll go into WrestleMania, um, which is usually in April and uh, this year it's in Tampa, um, and that is the big, like the big show of the year um, that everyone wants to be a part of. Yeah, I mean WrestleMania was the, like that was the pinnacle, and uh, I think what I I don't know if it's changed at all, but I mean I remember WrestleMania is where every belt was defended, and then you know if a new belt was going to come, you know, be premiered, it was going to be on WrestleMania, you know, like I I loved that, you know it um it has evolved a little bit from that um where the, definitely like the major championships will be defended um they do have a pay-per-view called night of champions where they defend every belt um that's usually um like fall time frame so, okay like, um it uh it definitely um this year's wrestlemania uh will probably be the last one where it's one night next year they're talking about making it a two-night event um, which will actually be really interesting because there is so much to it. Uh, I think last year, God, last year's WrestleMania was like six hours. Um, Holy shit, man. God yeah, damn. it goes a while. <laughs> it actually went longer. Um, last year's WrestleMania was the first WrestleMania I watched live in like 15 years. Um, and we started like, 
God, it was like five o'clock watching the Hall of Fame stuff. And then next thing we know, it's like 11 o'clock and we're like, oh, crap, we have to work tomorrow. And it still wasn't over, um, but it goes for a while. But it, it is still such an event. Um, and actually, <laughs> last WrestleMania was the first one I think Heather watched live in like 30 years. Uh, <laughs> but it, well, uh, that that would make sense to bust it up over two days. Like, just do it mm-hmm. like the NFL draft, man. Yeah. Like, don't, don't make us sit there for six hours because at a certain point, even if I've invested in it, I'm getting bored and I want to go do something else. You yeah. Know? Yeah, exactly. And it, it's hard to stay focused that long. Even being a wrestling fan, it, it, it's hard to sit there and be like, all right, who's up next? Okay, cool. Kofi. All right, cool. I like you, but, you know, like, can we do something new? Um, and last year, the, the big thing that kept me going is last year, the main event of WrestleMania, it was the first time the main event was a women's match. Um, and I don't even tell them I'm a big fan of the women's division. So um, I was really excited to see how that would go. It ended up being Ronda Rousey, uh, Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch um, in the main event. And it was it was okay. Um, but after like six hours of wrestling, I was just kind of like, all right, even I'm ready for this to end. So Yeah. <laughs> Well, like that that was a night Becky Lynch like nabbed both uh women's yeah. titles, right? Yeah, she became Becky Two Belts. Yeah. Well, that'll wrap it up for this week's episode. Be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd. You can get in on the conversation on our new Hometown Crowd podcast group, Facebook.com slash group slash hometown crowd pod. As always, subscribe on your favorite podcast source. And if you're an iTunes listener, leave us a review and we will read it on the show. James, thanks for joining us and enlightening me on uh, what re- the wrestling scene is today. Thank you for uh, having me. For Mac and Heather, I'm Tim. Thanks for cheering with the hometown crowd. And remember what makes you, what the difference between a good parent and just a parent is if you turn the beaters off before you let the kid lick them. <laughs> <Not> Heather. <laughs>